coffee lovers, and welcome to the God Country Live Video Podcast. Every every Friday evening at 7 p.m. Central Standard Time. And now, live from Seguin, Texas, and other places around the world, your host, Jose Roberto Alaniz Jr. Hello, coffee lovers. It's 1900. It's Friday, and it's time for God Country Coffee Podcast. Uh, we're doing something different today, finally. Uh, we're doing a live. We finally uh, pretty much have the shop finished. And so uh, all of our podcasts from here forward, uh, as much as we can, uh, when we have local guests, we'll, we'll be here in the shop. Um, and so that's kind of a big thing. And, and uh, the first thing I, I really want to do is just thank God for all the blessings. Uh, we have a lot of stuff that's happening right now in the business. And um, it's never been about the coffee. The coffee is a vehicle. Our mission has always been to share the gospel of Christ. Uh, to help our veteran community out and then to help our local community in a Christ-like fashion. Um, and I, I believe that as long as we continue to do those things, that God will just continue to bless us uh, with the coffee business. Amen. And so um, I, I don't ever talk politics on this show, but I really want to address the Afghanistan situation. Uh, we have Marines, 10 Marines, two Army and an 80 corpsman all killed. And I honestly believe that it could have been prevented uh, with proper planning. That's one of the things that we learned in the military, the five P's, proper planning prevents poor performance. Uh, it's ingrained in your brain. There's not a single veteran out there of any branch that doesn't know that acronym. And so um, the key thing is not to be, you know, at this point as a country, we have to come together. Um, the Bible talks about how God puts leaders in place. And so nothing happens by accident. Everything, every single thing that happens in our life, every relationship that we make, everything is all part of God's plan. And we don't have to understand it. Uh, we just have to be obedient to it and accept it. And so uh, my plea tonight, as far as uh, it's not really political, but my plea tonight is to pray. I ask that you pray for the families, the 10 Marine families, uh, the two army families and the Navy corpsman, their family, also for their unit. You know, there's a bunch of guys in that unit that are filled with rage right now. They want revenge and they want, you know, they want to make it right for their, their brothers. And, and, uh, and I, and I get that, you know, and then all the countless civilians and it's not over folks. Uh, I think we're going to lose more people before this is all over. So the best thing that we can do, it's not a last resort. The best thing we can do is pray uh, for those families. And earlier today, a friend of mine posted, and I'm not going to read it, but I'm going to tell you what to go read. It's it's in the book of Daniel, chapter 9, uh, verses, I think he's 4 through 14. So when you get a chance to read that, it talks a lot about how us stupid people, uh, when we get away from God, we, we run into calamity. And... Uh, this country needs God so bad right now with all the division and all the strife that's going on. And uh, God has to be first. I put God way out in front of my business and my business is really flourishing. I've been able to walk away from a really lucrative job and do what I love. And that's all God. The Bible says that God will give you the desires of your heart. And so I try to be as obedient as I can. Um, if you are leaving comments, because of the new platform, the new thing that we're doing here. Uh, I, hey, Frank, what's going on? I can actually read your name from here, which is amazing because I'm blind. Uh, we're we're going to make some coffee. And uh, I don't know what we're going to talk about, but uh, uh, we're definitely going to make some coffee. So that, that's definitely for sure. Uh, actually, I, I think we'll start this out with how I came across the coffee that I'm drinking, that we're both drinking right now. And so uh, we'll talk about that a little bit. And Good places, any? Yeah, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna bring up any names, but uh, I'm all right. <laughs> <laughs> well, he he might, but I, I won't. So there's this uh, this veteran organization. Uh, it's a a, a monstrous. Uh, hey, Ranger Dan, what's up, brother? Thank you for that verse in Daniel, brother. Woo, man! And the, the hair on the back of my neck stood up when I read it. Um, so there's this huge coffee company that's 
run by uh, besides us. Uh, that, that's run by veterans, uh, and uh, they had a coffee that they that they claim to be high calf. Yep. Uh, and it's a dark roast, which is which means that they're adding caffeine somewhere. And I don't. It actually started out when I first started drinking it. It was not as medium as yours, but it got darker over time as our quality went down. <laughs> So uh, the, Chris and I have known each other because Chris's wife and my wife known each other way before we knew each other. Yeah. And so uh, our better hats. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Back when Connie used to work for the state, I think is when they met. Yep. And so uh, when we first moved out here, we had a horse that was colicky and Connie, his wife is also named Connie, just like mine. Yep. And uh, his Connie came over to help my Connie out. And so anyway, we've been kind of been friends ever since. And, and uh, when I started the coffee company, uh, Chris has been one. Of, I'm sorry. First off, my guest is Chris. It's <laughs> <laughs> all good. You got your own spill to get out of the way first. It's all good. So, welcome to the table, uh, Chris Goldsmith. He's from Marion, uh, and uh, I guess it's Marion, right? Uh, More like Saint Hedwig or closer to. We've got a Seguin address, but we live in the Marion School District, so it's. Whichever way you want to yeah. cut it, it doesn't really matter. We're out in the country, and yeah. I think if we were on, I think someone once said that if we were on the other side of the road, we'd be in a Marion zip code <laughs> instead of a Seguin zip code. So it doesn't really matter. So my guest, Chris Goldsmith, uh, Chris is uh, he when I opened the when I opened the coffee business, Chris um, reached out and he's like, "Hey man, if you'll make a coffee that's as strong as a black rifle, I mean a black rifle." Yeah. <laughs> that um i just don't want to get sued you know people say the the k word with the little pods right and and uh, i i think ranger dad actually uh mentioned it one time uh and then he got a letter from the actual company <laughs> saying like you either pay us a bunch of money or we're gonna sue you you can't use our name <laughs> so i i'm trying to be real careful about not using names right and uh, i can't see oh brian gibson what's up by the way ranger dan Frank and Brian, will y'all please put your websites in the comments? I'm I'm away from my keyboard, so I can't I can't respond to any of the of the um, uh, comments that are going through there. But I can see your names, and I encourage you to put your websites up there. Rising tide lifts all ships. Yeah. So uh, we're all in this together. We're all brothers, uh, and we're all brothers in Christ. And so, amen. Uh, anyway. Chris said, if you'll make a coffee that's as strong as what I'm drinking now, uh, I'll stop that subscription and I'll buy from you. Yeah. And so uh, I had to do some research because, you know, I didn't know how I was going to get a dark coffee high caffeinated unless I bought caffeine and put it in the coffee, which I don't do. No, that's not right. Yeah. And so uh, I, I reached out to Legacy Farms, which is my supplier, Legacy Farms Coffee, Ashley Williams. And I was like, how do I do this? And he's like, well, you're going to have to put some Robusta beans. What are Robusta beans? Well, Robusta beans have twice the amount of caffeine as Arabica beans. Most of the coffee we get in the United States is Arabica. And so uh, I ended up getting some of that. And then we started playing with it. And so there was a whole lot of, hey, Chris, try this. See, you know, mm -hmm. see what it does. And he's like, yeah, it's not there. And so... It was kind of funny because when we got the final product, and, and I can't show it to you without tipping my, without having a clear glass, but it, it's this looks like a dark tea. It does. It's it's <laughs> very, and I've even had friends that are like, here, try this, and they look at the coffee and they're like, no, I like a dark coffee. No, try this. Trust <laughs> me, because they're they're used to that mentality of the darker it is, the stronger it is. Well, one thing I've learned with you is if it's done right. You have a very light coloration, a very light flavor that has a kick to it that knock you on your socks. <laughs> yeah. It's a beautiful thing. <laughs> yeah. So I, I even had a customer that uh, that bought coffee from me because I said it was high calf. After after we got it tuned in, right? right. It took some tuning. And uh, I'll tell you a quick funny story is when we started doing that, I go to church in Marion. We live in Seguin, go to church in Marion. Mm -hmm. Chris is not far from Marion. And so for the longest time, he said, hey, man, I just meet you at the post office in Marion. And so by the time I got there, you know, he's closer. He beat me there and he would back his truck in and, and have his window down. And then I would pull my truck in head first 
And you know, we'd hand over coffee and money. But like you mean your drug dealer for you. I said, you know, I said somebody's gonna arrest us. <laughs> We were passing coffee, and so anyway, there was a whole lot of that going on till till we, till we got the roast where where we wanted it, and and uh, you know if you buy coffee from us, it's I'm, I don't hide anything; it's not a secret. Uh, I I roast my temperatures and my roast profiles. You'll never get a look at those; uh, those are mine. But uh, it's sixty percent arabica from Legacy Farms Coffee, and it's twenty uh, percent or forty percent robusta beans from Guatemala. And so, and then the, I roast everything light. So I've even had people say, well, why do you have robusta beans? They got twice the caffeine. Why don't you just roast them? <coughs> Excuse me. Roast them normally. And I'm like, because I want really high heat. <coughs> yeah. My goodness. Yeah. During our, during our trial period, because I typically have my, I get up, I wake up very early in the morning. And so I wake up, make my coffee. And then while it's cooling, I have my morning prayer time and my morning Bible study time. And so when, as we were evaluating different blends, to me, it was a case of, okay, by the time I'm reading through my scripture and the coffee starts to hit me, how awake am I feeling? How much, <laughs> how much have I gone from, I just woke up to I'm good. <laughs> when we finally hit that level, I told him, okay, yeah, <laughs> there. And so we, um, uh, I had a guy that reached out, you know, after we got the roast down he's like, Hey, you know, <clears throat> I got your coffee and it's, it's really light. And I'm like, yeah, you know, it's on the back of the label. It says yeah. light roast, high caffeine. He goes, but my normal coffee is really dark. And I'm like, I know, I know. And so most of the coffee in the United States is over roasted. And then they go back in and they put stuff in the coffee to make it taste like coffee or to, make it taste like caffeine. Now I do have a flavored coffee. I have one coffee that I do every year. It's pumpkin spice. It's an all natural oil uh, that is added to the beans when they're about 150 degrees. Uh, and, and but it, it's not, doesn't change the, doesn't change the chemical makeup of the bean or anything like that. Uh, and I'm not adding something, you know, like caffeine or coffee flavoring to it. Uh, I roast the beans like they're supposed to be roasted to a medium. And then we add the flavoring, but that's the only one I do. I don't do the rest of them. All of it's all natural. And uh, anyway, this guy says, uh, I got the coffee and it's light. And I'm like, yeah. So be careful with it be. because it's really strong. And so he goes, well, I drink 34 ounces when I'm working my shift. And I'm like, okay, I'm just telling you to be careful. You've been warned. Well, this guy goes and makes two 32 ounce cups while he's on his shift. And then two days later, he sends me a message. He says, man, I didn't sleep all night. Go, dude, I, I told you not to, you know, but hey. See, this is why I have my cup of revelation in the morning. I don't have one later in the day. Because I know if I have a cup of this later in the day, I'm not going to sleep that night. And we're on our second cup, so we're probably going to be up all night. But well, I love this coffee. Fr Friday night's the night where I step late with my little girl anyway, so a little ex extra help you know, help, help, help me get me through it. So exactly. And then, uh, I can't see who the other Tess or Trey Ellison, maybe. Trey. Yeah. Asias. There's a kid that, that, uh, he runs with a flag every day. He runs miles for our, our military. And, uh, I think that's him, but, uh, so anyway, <clears throat> we, um, we got the coffee where we wanted it. Uh, and, and it's because of Chris, I never would have probably pursued that because I was still, uh, figuring out, you know, the, the light roast, the medium roast. I don't do a light roast. The only light roast I do now, uh, is the, the revelation. And that's You're, because it's, I challenged you and you rose to it. He did. And it was, it was a, a blessing because it's our second most popular coffee now. And you know? so, uh, if Chris hadn't pushed me that direction and I, I tell you, it, Chris does a whole lot. He. He helps me out with all my tech stuff because I, I don't know anything about tech. I, I'm tech ignorant. And uh, but when we started the podcast page uh, that you're watching, or, you know, if you're watching on, on our podcast page, um, we started that page and I made Chris an admin because Chris does a daily devotional. And we'll get into that in a minute. But uh, first, let's talk about sure, like where are you from? Where'd you grow up? And then like what led you into your career field? All right. Uh, born and raised in Texas my whole life. Uh, I've lived in every area of Texas except West Texas. 
and a horrible 18 months I lived in Georgia. We wouldn't go there. Um, so born and raised, we've been, my Connie and I have been in Seguin and moved, living in the Seguin area since about 03. And so it's been, uh, we've been married in CO2, so just over 19 years. And it's been a wonderful ride. Um, career-wise, I knew even in, career-wise, I guess it goes back to like third or fourth grade. So a bunch of, you know, someone walked us into what passed for a computer lab and a bunch of balloons floating across the screen. And while all my classmates were going, wow, that's cool. I'm thinking, how do I make it do that? I've been a prof- I've been a geek to one degree or another ever since. Um, started off thinking in college, thinking I wanted to be a programmer until I got my first job actually doing that. Quickly realized writing my own code was one thing, writing someone else's, not so much. So I switched my career focus to the, you know, server infrastructure IT focus, been doing that ever since. And the good Lord, the good Lord back in 2000. What year is this now? Uh, 2017, I think it was. I was in a a good job, and it was okay. But the good Lord led me to another company I'd never heard of, made me an offer that I couldn't refuse. And the company I was with at the time I'd been with for almost 10 years. But the good Lord's like, um, no you need to go and it's been an amazing ride ever since so it's just even in the last three or four years it's been the lord has blessed me (laughs) abundantly it is uh it's funny how when you're and by the way the the uh, the other individual that is is uh it is tai elison and he's a young man he's a he's a patriot he's a very very uh committed young man. I just want to do a shout out, man. I appreciate everything you do on a daily basis. Um, you need to come down here and make me run with you every day so I can, you know, uh, start behaving myself. And so anyway, um, the, uh, it's amazing what happens. I mean, I, I worked for the NSA for 10 years. Nobody leaves a job at the NSA. You stay there till you retire because the pay is ridiculous right. for what we do. And the benefits are ridiculous, you know, and so and for me, being a veteran, I know one of the things that veterans struggle with is uh, fitting in once we get out. You know, we have a hard time. A lot of veterans. I didn't even know I had a hard time transitioning. You know, it wasn't until somebody said I was telling my story and they were like, dude, do you not realize how hard of time you had transition? I'm like, what do you mean? Because you moved around every two years. Why? Why couldn't you sit still? You know, and so I never realized it. But, you know, working for the for the federal government with a company called Corporate Office Properties Trust, incredible company, best company I've ever worked for. I always said that they're the goose that laid the golden egg. But uh, the people were incredible, my bosses and everybody, all the leadership. Um, and it was a hard, hard thing to do to make a decision to walk away from one, all the money. And then the other thing, you know, to walk away from 10 years of tenure. You know, I could have stayed there and retired. Yeah. Um, but uh it's funny when you know when God starts weighing on your heart, man. You gotta stop what you're doing and listen. And listen because, listen, you you can make your own way without God leading you. You can. He'll let you run into the walls all day long. Yep, I've ran into those walls <laughs> all day long. But I can tell you with all honesty that the day I got in my truck and I drove off that site for the last time, a peace came over me like I've I've only felt when I surrendered my life and when I got baptized, that peace that just comes over you, uh, it was ridiculous. I mean, it's, there's nothing like it. Yeah. You can't, you can't describe it if you hadn't experienced it. Yeah. And so I think Steve Harvey says it perfectly. See, he's talking about jumping. He says, every single person that is born is born with a God given talent. And if you never use that talent, then how are you ever going to know what God's got in store for? He calls it jumping. You get to the edge of the cliff and if and if and if you jump, whatever God's given you, that's your parachute, and God's going to open it up. 
and you're gonna you're gonna come to a soft landing. Yep. But if you never take that first step and jump, you're gonna be walking and trudging. How are you ever gonna know what he's got in store for you? And so you know, it's not an easy thing to jump because a lot of times, like me personally, you know, you fall and you hit a couple of branches on the way down. You might hit a little piece of the cliff that's mm-hmm. sticking out. You know, might knock you silly a little bit. No one says it was going to be a smooth landing. Right. But but it's gonna, you're going to survive. It's going to be a, when you get down to the bottom, you know, God will open that parachute and you'll come to a landing and you won't die. And and uh, and God will bless you. And so uh, that is definitely now. Now, let me ask you, how long have you been? I mean, I know you surrendered your life. How long right. have you how did that happen? Or was there something specific that happened in your life that you're like, oh, man, I got to get right with God? Well, as far as when I first asked the Lord into my heart, sometime in childhood, I don't really remember it then. But I think like a lot of us, I was raised, you know, I was raised in small, your typical small rural, you know, East Texas town where, you know, you accepted Christ at some point, usually during your childhood life, you went to church and that was it. But it was... I was saved, but I didn't have the relationship. That relationship didn't actually begin until about 2011. Oh, wow. So in 2011, roughly April, May, I think, time frame, I hit a rock, what felt like rock bottom. And it was due to my own mistakes my own flaws, my own faults, and I hit rock bottom. And to the point where it was a job loss due to my own mistakes. Mm. And during that, it took a few months to get gainfully employed again. And during that month, of course, my family's affected. You know, we already had my son Vince. Rosemary was, see, 2011 when she was born. So, yeah, this was a few months before she was born. I bad go back and think in time. <laughs> and it was during that time that I realized I've got to have somewhere to go up. So it was dur- during that time because prior to that, I've got to backtrack a little bit. So prior to that, while at the company I was with, I met uh, – some really great people, a lot of them I'm still friends with. One of the people I met was this very, very smart lady named Angie. And one thing Angie did, Angie was saved and born again. And she sent out an email every morning at work, not to a group, but to individuals that had the, basically had the message from Jesus. So it was like a little morning devotional she'd sent out via email. And so when I found out about it, I'm like, please add me to your list. And so I started reading this every morning. And it was months after that where I made my screw up and I company and I parted ways. I eventually got back to the company. <laughs> but during that during that period, I started praying daily. I started reading the Bible for the first time. And I started that routine of daily prayer, daily Bible study. And I said, Lord, help me fix me. I knew the things that were my personality and my mental and emotional makeup that had cost me what at that time was my dream job. And I'm like, Lord, I'm done. I need you to get back up. And so that's where, that's where I started from being just a Christian to having that building that relationship. And that's now been a part of my daily routine for what, 10 years now. And so in, I forget at what point, somewhere around 2015, I decided I need to share this word out. So I started taking that email and then I made it into a, you know, I'd take that email, copy and paste it and send it out like on Facebook, just via Facebook post. And eventually I decided, you know, I want this to reach more 
than just the people that may be reading my BS on Facebook. <laughs> right. So I created the the page group, the Daily Devotional in Christ Facebook page, and I started posting it, the devotionals to that. And it blows my mind that in the roughly six years I've been doing that page and maintaining that, it's now, last time I looked, is like 48, 4,900 plus followers and likes, which blows my mind that that many people are reading and following the message I share because I wanted to share it out. as like, I want to share the word of God, but I'm not a preacher. I'm not an evangelist. So let's share it out in the way that a geek knows best how to. And so that grew from the Facebook page and I eventually like, okay, let's put it out everywhere I can. So it's grown into, there's an Instagram, there's a Twitter. And a few years ago, I made a website so that somebody that's not on social media can still see this content if they want to. And it's just, it's grown. It's my way of sharing the word that's helped me. Absolutely. And you know, this is so important, people. He surrendered his life at a young age. He ran, right, which I did too. We all yeah. do. Uh, and then he came back to Christ, committed himself. And then, and I'm going to read something out of the Bible because this is really important. So, I, and I think this is one of the things that the American church where we kind of missed the spot mm -hmm. today. When somebody surrenders their life, they're really, you need to be in a church where there's a mentorship. Somebody needs to be mentoring you, you know, along because what happens is the second you surrender your listen the devil knows how it ends he yeah. loses in the end but he's here Badly. he is here to cause as much havoc from now until that point yeah because he knows he loses so it's really important for us to have a mentor to keep us away from those pitfalls keep us from running right uh and and here's something in matthew and uh, this is this is in red. If you got you know if you have uh, any Bible that that's got the red letters, the red letters is what God, what Christ actually spoke. Right. Okay. So the uh, this is uh, in Matthew twenty eight and it's verse sixteen to the end, and it says, "But the eleven disciples proceeded to Galilee to the mountain which Jesus had designated. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some were doubtful. And Jesus came up and spoke to them, saying." All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I commanded you. And, lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. So that, that's called the Great Commission. Okay? You don't need a book. You don't need a class. You don't need a college court. You don't need nothing to know what the Great Commission is. The Bible tells us right here in Matthew 28, the second you surrender your life, that's your job. That's our job. And that's exactly what Chris is doing. And that's why he's an admin on my page. He posts the daily devotional every day, you know, on our God Country Coffee podcast page, yep. along with his YouTube page and everywhere mm -hmm. else that he does. And so... If you if you've been to the uh, to our page and you haven't gone to his YouTube page, go there, subscribe, and get you know you got to get your daily bread, you know, yep. and so he's doing exactly what the Bible calls us to do, which is why we do God Country Coffee podcast. Exactly, and like I said, if you if you aren't a lot of people with the garbage that's on social media, a lot of people don't want to deal with social media. I get that. That's why the website's on there, too. So you can go there straight and get it without all the filler and the fluff and the garbage that you sometimes get on social media. So <laughs> Exactly. I'm going to pull up because I've seen some other comments and I can't read them because I'm blind. Also, by the way, I've got a couple of friends that are so much anti-social media that I send out the devotional, the website post to them via text also. So I will literally send it out to you any way you want. Email, carry a pigeon, social media, email, it don't matter. <laughs> However you want to receive it, I'm happy to share it. And so uh, I also want to do a shout out to Ranger Dan, uh, Dan Becker. 
he is a follower uh, in Christ. He's also a fellow coffee roaster. Uh, he owns Coffin Coffee Company, and um, and he's always doing lives at these. Uh, him and his wife they they go to all these. Uh, uh, what do you call them? Like a pop up um, mm-hmm. farmers markets and things like that. And uh, Ranger Dan not only is a former Army Ranger. Uh, I don't know if there's such thing as a former Army Ranger. They like the Marines. No, they get, they get real offended about that. Yeah, there, there, is no, there is no former. There is active and not active. Yeah, and so uh, Dan is a Ranger. And then uh, he's also been a member of our law enforcement uh, community. And uh, what let's see, he says here that this coming Monday, uh, he goes in Sunday night at 6 p.m. And when he gets off duty at 6 a.m., uh, he is absolutely uh, – He'll never work a regular shift again. So um, at seven o'clock, he turns his stuff in, and uh, he'll be a full-time coffee roaster. And uh, uh, good we, luck. We both enjoy uh, Ashley's coffee. We both uh, roast with it. Uh, Ashley has helped both of us tremendously uh, with Legacy Farms Coffee, and uh, and so that's just been you know an amazing. I need to see what that says because I'm I'm so blind. I apologize. I'm gonna cross the camera here. Turn back. Okay. I'm just getting an idea here where we're at. And so anyway, uh, so yeah, so that's, you know, and I think it's so more critical now with the state of our country and there's so much division and there's so many bad things going on. Like, like we have to rely on, on this. Yeah. Cause I mean, the problem is with the country and the world at large is Christ needs to be put back and all the places we're trying to take him out of, you know, in the schools, in the businesses, in the church, in, in the public, I'm not necessarily in the church, but I mean, we need, he needs to be brought back in all the places. Cause I mean, when we were growing up, it was not uncommon to have a morning prayer in school. No, it also not. wasn't uncommon to hear the pledge of allegiance. That's right. Those aren't done anymore. Yeah. They need to be. Here's a really <laughs> terrible story, but, but uh, this this is just uh, the lady who lobbied the government to, to take prayer out of schools ended up in San Antonio. She ended up living in San Antonio, Texas. And the only reason I know this is because when I used to work at a certain place, the, the only thing you're allowed is like uh, HLN, you know, which is, uh, you know, like, uh, I don't know, like crime, crime shows or whatever. Right. And so they had a whole piece on this lady who who did this. Well, you do you know that somebody killed her and her both of her sons and buried them in shallow graves out in the hill country? Did not know. Yeah. And so she ended up she and I'm not saying that that was justified or anything. I, I prefer that she should have lived and then they put a you know reversed her decision. Right. That would have been much better to me than true than uh, because I, I you know but it doesn't matter. I mean obviously she's not she's not where we're going. No. So, but uh, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm taking a class right now. Uh, it's called Constitutional Live. Uh, in fact, you're welcome to come. It's at the church on Monday nights. Uh, and uh, this this young man, Benjamin uh, Hagar, he's a uh, he's a member at our church. He's also a member of the Army National Guard, and he loves Constitution. He just studies it. And uh, here's a very interesting fact that I bet you most people don't know. In fact, I'm going to give you a, an opportunity. All right. I'm going to test you. All right. And so those of you watching, you're not allowed to Google this. But if you know it and you pop it up faster than I can get an answer out of him, uh, I'll send you some coffee. So there are three things that the public school system was set up to do. Do you know what one of them is? I mean, obviously education, but ah, no, I'm drawing a blank. Okay. So I'm going to I'm going to let this sit for just a second. And if somebody wants to pop something in the comments um, and uh, if they can get it right, I'll send you some coffee. But uh, it's really interesting because I had no I had the same thing. My thing is like, well, the public school system was to educate the masses. Right. Right. Well, yes, it was to educate the masses. But you would be who did that? Who just posted Let me see. I got to pull it up on the other one because I'm blind. Okay, go to my profile. 
Somebody just posted something. Let's see what it is. Prayer request. Okay, we'll do that first, and then we'll go back to this. Uh, he's got a Patriots march. This is uh, Tai Eliason, and uh, he has a um, Patriots march. Oh, we'll do that first, and then we'll go back to this. He has a Patriots. Uh, which is a 26-mile ruck in Kansas on 9-11. God bless you, Ooh. young man. Yes. Uh, and he needs support uh, for a safe and successful trip uh, from Washington State to Kansas and back uh, without issue. And so definitely, Ty, when we, when we pray, when we finish this up, we're, I'm definitely going to pray for you. Amen. Uh, Absolutely. That's, uh, let me see what Frank, I, I need to see. We're going to have to find a better way to do this. Okay, you all service. All right, so I'm gonna blow your minds here with what the, what the. Of course, all my all my family from church that's been going to this. You know, it's not anything new because, but it was kind of shocking for all of us even. So the public school system was set up by the framers for three reasons. It was to uh, to teach children to serve and honor God to serve and honor their country and to serve and honor their family in that order. I, I'd I, never heard that. Yeah, I hadn't either. I'd never heard that before. Can you, can you believe that? Modern schools aren't, aren't, aren't holding up to the original charter. In today's day and age, who knows that? Three things to, what did I say? God. No, it's, it's to, to, to serve and honor God, to serve and honor or serve and love God, okay. to serve and love their country, country and to and serve and love their family. That's what our public school system was designed for. That's what it was that. created for. And they're you want to know why that. there's so much bad stuff going on in the world? Because well, they're not why. doing that. <laughs> we don't teach. I mean, most of these kids don't have respect for their own family, Yeah, much less anything else. Yeah, it's definitely... Yeah, <laughs> but that's been a really interesting uh, course that we're taking. Uh, I encourage you to look them up online. It, it's called it's called Constitutional Live. Um, I'm actually looking at some additional books now that I want to read because I'm like, holy mackerel, you know? Right. Uh, and then you know, I, I so let me ask you this. This is an easy question. Everybody right. knows this. All right. Who are the two most famous? Framers of the Declaration of Independence and the and the Constitution, Thomas Jefferson, and who else? Well, I mean, I can think of a bunch of names: Thomas Jefferson, Washington was in there, Ben Franklin. Ben Franklin, stop right there. Okay, top two. Right. Washington was in charge of the. He was president of the the uh, convention. The or, convention. Yeah. He was president, and then. Some other guy was was the the uh, uh, secretary, whatever. But Thomas Jefferson and Ben, ben Franklin, Franklin, right, contributed the majority of the everybody content. in the world. You know, yeah. in the world, literally, will tell you, oh, Thomas Jefferson, Ben Franklin, top two guys, right? right. Well, that, that's because that's what we're taught in school that it's Benjamin Franklin, and Thomas Jefferson, two most important guys. Do you know that they were the two least religious of the entire group? No, I did not know that. They were the two least religious. Which explains why our modern society would bring them up. Right. You know that Thomas Jefferson wrote his own Bible. No, I did not. <laughs> yeah. Y'all should look that up. Thomas Jefferson wrote his own Bible. I mean, he took, uh, you know, God out of it. And I don't know. It's just weird. But, um, you know, Locke, Locke, and then some of the other ones, like Locke is what, it was a 400-page document that he wrote that, that Thomas Jefferson and, and all the framers basically used as a guide to build the constitution and the declaration of independence and 400 pages and most of it's scripture right out of the Bible. And then he, you know, went over to the, the law. And so, uh, you know, people want to try to argue that our constitution and this and that, listen, this country was found on Judeo Christian principles. Absolutely. I mean, our founders, I mean, you look at, any of the language it was founded on christian beliefs that right. was their basic their moral center yeah 
and we've left that a little we've gotten way too far away from that we have got so far away from that it's ridiculous and uh so we were talking just before we started doing this and uh we were talking about guns and uh you know we both have a lot of guns he's probably got some more exciting guns than i do but you know we, we both have a lot of guns we like guns and uh I'm going to let him talk a little bit about what's going on in Texas, because uh, come September the 1st, uh, the laws in Texas are going to change. And so there's some let's talk about the changes that are happening come September 1. Uh, well, the the two main ones and the one that actually has any relevance and effect is what some call either permitless carry or constitutional carry. Basically, the only change it makes is right now. If you want to legally carry, be it open or concealed, it doesn't matter. Part of the red tape you've got to jump through is, you know, pay your app, you know, fill out your application with the state, pay the fee, get approved, get your little basically good guy card. As of September 1, that becomes an optional step. There are still benefits to having it, even though I've got, I've had my carry license for a few years, I'm going to keep renewing it. Because, A, if you do get pulled over, interact with the law, this is a card that says, I'm not a felon. I'm a good guy. I've, I've passed this and this. Up. And plus, it makes purchasing easier. I'll keep it. But the basic concept behind removing that requirement is it removes an impediment so that those that are poor or disadvantaged, that maybe that extra license fee would keep them from being able to legally protect themselves, that's not gone away. So I want to add something there, too, because um, one of the things, too, that I've read that it's not going to change is like if you go to a place of business, it doesn't change where you can carry. Right. It only and, changes whether or not you have to have the permit. Yeah. And if they have the signage, the proper sign is the 06 and the 07. There's now an 05. Really? So 05306 is the one we've all known for years in Texas. Right. It says a concealed carry license holder may not carry in this place of business. Personally, avoid those businesses if you can. <laughs> 3007, when we got open carry, 3007 said you if licensed carry holders cannot open carry in this place of business. Right. So a lot of places would post those seven and not those six. That's just basically their way of saying we don't want you to scare off the rest of our customers. Right. All it basically <laughs> is it's a feel-good policy, nothing more. But with the constitutional and I do want to shout out to Josh Felker and Lone Star Handgun. It was actually a post on their page that made me aware of the new 3005 sign that's coming. 3005 basically says that unless you are a licensed, unless you have your carry license, we don't allow permitless carry in this building. So if you don't have, if you're someone like me, me that's got your carry license, 3005 doesn't matter. Right. But if you've chosen to carry without that license and you see a business posted with the 3005 signage, technically you can't carry in that place of business. Yeah. And, and that's that's important because, you know, it's just like, you know, like I haven't been anywhere where I need a mask in a long time. But if I go somewhere and they require it, then I wear it because that's their place of business. Or you don't do business. There. Or you don't do business there. And so the same thing with, with, you know, with your, with your sidearm, I carry all the time. I mean, literally all the time I've got my gun. It's part of my, you know, getting dressed yeah, in the yeah, morning. Yeah, you get up in the morning, wallet, yeah. wallet keys, <laughs> phone, gun. Exactly. But, but there are places that I've been to, you know, like the other day I was telling country country, like, you can't take your gun to the hospital. Yes, I can. And I got to the hospital and they got the 06 and the 07. Yeah, hospitals. Like, oh, okay. Hospitals are one of those places that, yeah, you've I've never no. seen a hospital that doesn't have. And the church. Signage churches have 06 and 07. Not all of them, though. Well, that, that's true. Some churches don't. Some yeah. churches just flat don't care. Right. Or at the very least, they may post in 07, which is a please don't scare everyone else sign. Right. Right. And and we go to the country church in Marion. So there's no signage there last there, time. You I, know, there's an 07 sign, but. Uh, you know, we, we've always, it's just like everybody's, I mean, you who, just, who out in the country doesn't have a gun. Right. I mean, the women got guns in their purses. Come on yeah. now. 
All it is, it's a matter of is my shirt tucked behind the gun or is my shirt covering the gun? Yeah, it's yeah, always it's, uh, the difference. Uh, but, you know, there's places that, of course, places that do 51% of their sale through alcohol. You, you're not supposed to carry your yeah. gun. You shouldn't anyway. And if you're going to go out and have dinner and you know you're going to have a drink, you know, you need to leave your gun in the truck. They'll take it with you. Mm, yeah, you know? that gets to be, that gets, uh, I debate you on that point. <laughs> well, I, I don't agree with even one beer. Right. You know, if, if I you're I mean, you have to carrying. keep in mind, if you're going to carry, you need to keep that in mind when you're out. If, I mean, I mean, they, you know, in my younger days, you know, pre-wife, pre-children, when I would go out two places and, you know, have, have more than one, uh, I wasn't of the mindset of caring in those days. So I never really had to make yeah. that distinction or that concern. So yeah. now I don't go to those places. Oh, drink. I'm just drink at home anyway. So it doesn't yeah, really matter. Yeah, I don't. I try not to do any of that stuff anymore. You know, I, I really, I'm wising up in my old age. I try to live. I try to really live by everything God tells us to do and not to do. Um, and uh, that's a whole other, you know, discussion itself that I'm not going to get into. Right. But uh, you know, you people that know me that know me all my life, uh, you know, in the last well since I surrendered my life in 2016. It's not that I don't drink anymore, but nobody's ever seen me drink. Yeah, and nobody ever will again. Well, maybe my my super, like my wife will because right. I, I might have a glass of wine with my with my dinner. Yeah. But the reason for that is not because you know the Bible says don't be drunk. Right. And the problem with it is that today, as Christians, we're persecuted every time we turn a corner. And so if you're walking around with a beer in your hand and then you're trying to minister to somebody, they're gonna be like, you know what, dude? I saw that video you did. Right. And you had like two beers, man. And you know. Right. What are you telling me? So, you know, that's just the word of the wise, you know, and everybody's, everybody's got their own their own things. Besides that, I, I prefer to drink coffee all the time. Right. Anyway, you know? well, especially when you got good stuff like this. Like I Shoot, said, that was our one. second cup. And so I know that I'm going to be up all night. But uh, uh, I mean, my little, my little one's going to keep me up anyway. <laughs> Rosemary, come here. No. <laughs> my, my, so my so my wife and son are at a football game north of Austin tonight, which my son's in the marching band. So, but my little girl is ten. We weren't going to drag her up to North Austin that late, so she is sitting just off camera <laughs> with the silliest looks on her face. Let's try and see if she'd. Come on camera with us, but that's, that's not going to happen. She's turning like three shades of red over there. Yeah, and she's not even on camera. And she's getting embarrassed. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, where are so, we now? <laughs> I have no idea. We get sidetracked. Oh, so let's talk about what we were talking about. Because one of the things about the new law that's going to take into effect in September, and if you're not from Texas, you know, I apologize. I'm sorry. But, you know, you should no, get no, here. If you're not from Texas, the first thing we're going to do is – I feel sorry for you. You should rectify that. <laughs> you should fix that. Yes. And, uh, you know, uh, I know that Frank is uh, is trying to get down here. Uh, he's actually on, Frank. he's intending Come to on. move down here. And uh, and I can't wait till he does. We got room. And uh, he's a great guy. And, uh, you know, I don't even mind the ones from California. Come wow. over here. Just don't vote like you did in California. <laughs> I was going to say, I mean, we like Texas the way it is. Yeah, it's, it, you're welcome to come here from wherever, <laughs> but keep in mind, don't bring the things that made you want to leave that place with, with you. you. Yeah, we're fine the way we are. Yeah, we love Texas. And, you know, I, I've, uh, before I got married, I had opportunities to live other places. Uh, but uh, this is my home, you know, and I'm born and bred. And I, I yeah, I, you know, I lived here once and that. I went to Rhode Island one time. Ooh. I went to Rhode Island in February, and then and then we had to do that? water training on the ship. Oh, and and they were pumping water from the ocean. I can only imagine how cold that was. And they had like this little makeshift ship thing, and so we went in there. And if you've ever been on a Navy ship, or if you haven't, uh, you walk down the hallways, which we call peeways, and they've got like you'd be walking down the peeway. And all of a sudden, there's a rack with a bunch of four by fours, a roll of rubber, uh, some hammers, and some other weird wedges and weird stuff. And you're like, man, what is all that junk for? Well, if you were to get take a, like a, a torpedo, or you were to hit an iceberg and it tore the skin of the ship, all that stuff is there 
for you to create a seal on that breach of the hull. And so you do it with four by fours and the saws and you've got okay. all these big mallets and rubber. You got everything you, put... you need to basically make a jury rigged redneck engineering patch. Exactly. And all so right. part of learning how to do that is you go to Rhode Island in the wintertime, apparently, <laughs> and uh, they pump water in from the ocean and they, they breach one of the, the, right. the hull. And you're so, going to do this. And it. so you're all sitting there. And by the time you get the water to stop flowing, you're chest deep in ice cold water. And I knew exactly at that point in life that I would never live anywhere but Texas. <laughs> I knew it. And then yeah. what happens this last February, we end up getting like this snowmageddon. Snowmageddon. And, uh, <laughs> so, yeah, I, I don't like the cold. I'd rather sweat and turn the air down uh, than have to put like 14 layers of clothes on. Exactly. And yes, I'm a big guy, but I'm telling you, that doesn't mean insulation or natural insulation only goes so far. It doesn't. It doesn't work. I don't care what y'all think. It doesn't work. <laughs> And so, uh, yeah, I, I prefer the heat, but uh, I don't know how we got off. Anyway, we were talking about um, suppressors before, mm -hmm. and I thought, man, this is really cool because that's one my of, other addiction, NFA. One of the new things that they're doing is uh, is that if and, and this is what we were talking about just ahead of time, but according to what they've written, if it all goes through, come September one, if I go to a Texas manufacturer of suppressors. I don't have to file all the form four or whatever it is. Uh, it doesn't get federally right. regulated. So. I can buy directly from them. There's no weight. And then I can take that suppressor home and I can own it legal. I fully expect that to die. And tell me why. So, okay. So this has been tried in other States before I know Kansas, there was one other state where it was tried. I don't remember which state it was. The difference, Texas law does have a little better chance than those of going. The problem with those is it said that if you have one that's manufactured in state, where basically you can go buy it like you would any other firearm, where not federal regulations doesn't apply here. Beautiful in, in concept and thought. The problem like with the Kansas law is that when it was then challenged, because you can make the law, but until it actually gets challenged and upheld, it don't mean nothing. The Kansas law had the challenge was individual versus the federal. Guess who loses every time? <laughs> so the way the Texas law is written is that come September 1, I'd lay money. They've already got someone waiting to be a test case. I'd be willing to bet someone's sitting there marking days off in their calendar. Because the way the Texas law is written, once that goes into effect and you want to go through this, someone is going to have to create basically a challenge for that Texas law, that state law, tell the Texas Attorney General, I'm applying for this. And then the Texas Attorney General is going to have to go up to the federal and have this challenge ratified. I'm not sure what the legal term is, but basically before the citizens, because the problem with like with Kansas is someone made it in house. The Fed said, no, you can't do that because we supersede the state law. And so the difference with Texas is instead of the citizen challenging the federal, it'll be the state attorney general, I think, that will be challenging the federal. So state versus Fed has got more of a chance than the individual versus a Fed. Yeah. But until this, the way the text law is written is until that challenge is made and upheld, don't count on it. Don't expect that to protect to you. happen. So it's Texas gave that avenue of verification until that gets challenged and upheld, Dad, it may not don't, be. don't don't count on it. So here's some interesting facts about about. So I went to a, I was invited to go do a um, the Seguin Economic Development Corporation uh, had a small business appreciation uh, luncheon yesterday, and I was invited to do a pop up sale. So I took my coffee and I set up my table and everything, and uh, I didn't know uh, that the Texas uh, comptroller, uh, Glenn Hagar was going to be there as a keynote speaker. And he brought some really interesting facts about Texas. 
And um, and I'm sharing these because I was I was kind of floored. But along the lines of why we're like Texas is doing all these things, right? We're we're trying to become a sanctuary state for firearms. Yep. We've always been a um, a commerce state. So many companies from New York, from California, from Nevada, all these other states, they moved to Texas because we're business friendly. Yep. You know. And so here's some really interesting. You know, people always try to criticize us, but here's the deal. Very interesting facts. Did you know that Texas is the eighth largest economy, not just in the United States, in the world? Doesn't surprise me. The eighth largest economy in the world. Yeah, she's waving over there. (laughs) So think about that for a second. Why are we the eighth largest economy? I said we don't need the other 49. We really realize don't. that, right? Yeah, we need just fits it off and and, and I'm not I gonna say, say I'm not gonna re- say re- that. Return, <laughs> return to be the public of Texas. So we were our own country once. Let's do it again. Yeah. And then one of the other interesting facts that, that I found out yesterday that that and obviously, you know, the comptroller would he's the tax guy. He's right. the guy I pay my taxes to. Uh but it was super guy is an Aggie, you know, gig him. And uh, and just a really nice guy, and and he stopped at the table and asked me about the coffee, which is really cool that he took time. He was walking out the door; he could have just kept going, and he didn't. Um, and so, anyway, one of the other interesting facts that he brought up is that Texas exports nineteen percent of all national exports, more than any other state in the country. Nineteen percent. You know, that may not sound like a huge number, but when you think it's the largest in all of the United States, that's huge. That's, yeah. You know, we really don't need anybody else. We got the cattle. We got the oil. We got the gas. We got uh, corn. We got wheat, cotton, textiles. I said, we don't need the other 49. And then the other interesting fact that I didn't know was that Texas is the leading state in manufacturing you know and if you look at seguin look what's happening around seguin we got caterpillar yeah we got niagara we got the uh, plastics company it's going up and up and uh we've got continental uh which they've changed their name now they're a different company now but they're huge they're like the largest automotive uh accessory parts uh company in the world uh and and they've got there's plans to build more and more so uh, we have United Alloys with they're out of Wisconsin, I think, or Delaware somewhere. Uh, and, and then Hexel, uh, it's just all kinds of companies that do manufacturing, uh, just in our area. But, uh, you know, we're pretty close here to our time, brother. And I, I just, I just thought those were neat facts, yeah, you know, absolutely. uh, I thought we'd end with, with some, just some little trivia there. Uh, but I, I really want to end on this note. And, and I know that, that my brother, is 100% on board with the way I think about this, but yep. you know, we I don't even know what it is. I'm agreeing with you. We already. have got to stop running away from God. We have got this. That it's not taboo to talk about God. Uh, God needs to be way out in front. Yep. Um, he needs to be brought back into all the places that we've tried to take him out of. Absolutely. And, and, you know, I, it's scary. You know, there's a lot of bad things going on right now. There's a lot of people on social media. I've been watching over the last couple of weeks you know, people are enraged. They're just absolutely enraged with what's going on. And here's the thing, people. It's perfectly okay to be pissed off. I'm going to say it. Yep. Perfectly okay to be pissed off. It's a matter of what you do with that. It's a matter of what, what you do with it. And because and uh, we, and uh, this is, th- listen, this is, this is the answer to everything right here. Bible, basic instructions before leaving earth. There you go. I've never heard that before. I, I love it. Actually, so there's a gentleman I worked with years ago. We've maintained friends over the line. His name is John Bernal. And he is, out of all the people that I met while I was at that coming San Antonio for almost 10 years, he is one of the people I've met that's had the strongest faith of anyone I know. And that was actually an acronym that I believe I first heard mentioned now that I say that, I don't, yeah, I think John was the one I first heard that mentioned from, but he's a man of very strong faith and 
Yeah, basic instructions before leaving Earth. I love that basic instruction before leaving Earth. That's what that's what we need, folks. <laughs> and uh, and listen, is, people don't read it. It's perfectly okay to be upset. And, and and I joke around all the time, and I tell people, listen, I love Jesus, but I got a lot of ammo. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Well, so, uh, but the the thing is, is that that what we're fighting in this country right now is not something that that we want to get into a physical firefight with. It's no. not. Uh, we, we need to trust that God's still in control because he is. Um, and, and honestly, folks, the best thing that we can do right now for our country, for our troops, uh, for the people in our, for all the veteran community, there's a lot of guys that served in Afghanistan that feel like, like what they did is worthless. And I'm going to tell you right now, all my brothers and sisters that served in Afghanistan, your, your service meant something. It kept yes. us from being attacked the last 20 years. Yes. You know, and you can go to my website. There's a the veteran crisis line is on top. You can reach out to me. I didn't serve in combat, so I don't have the same aspect. But I have a lot of friends who did. And, you know, you can hit my web page. You hit my Facebook site up. You know, I can pray with you. you. I'll talk to you about this all How day. About soldiers, there are only two. Two. I don't want only two persons that have ever offered in this country to give up their life for everyone else's Jesus Christ and the soldier. That's exactly right. Christ for my soul and the soldier for my liberties. That's right. Our freedom. I mean, there, there's, you know, only ones have ever offered to give up their life for a stranger Christ and the soldier. And so I, I say to everybody, you know, be easy with our veterans right now. You know, they're, they're pretty upset. And and regular Americans are upset. Everybody's upset yeah. about what's going on. And, and anytime we lose a life, especially in a situation that is just chaotic, uh, it's absolutely horrible. And so I can't stress how important it is to pray right now. Amen. Pray for our troops. Pray for their families. Pray for the troops that are still there trying to get the rest of our citizens out get the rest of our allies out of there. Uh, you know, that's all I can tell you. I mean, and, and you know, I, one of my mentors, he says all the time, he says, prayer shouldn't be one of those things where you say, well, the least I can do is pray for you. It needs to be the first thing. Yeah. It's the most important thing that we can do for anybody. So with that being said, I'm going to close this out and, uh, and I'm going to ask for prayer for my uncle. Uh, they pulled him off life support, and so we're just waiting for a phone call. Uh, he's a good man. He's a Vietnam veteran. Uh, he's lived a great life. Uh, I've been in touch with my aunt, you know, every couple of days here, and and she's, you know, she's holding up pretty good. But I ask that you pray for my aunt, for my cousins, his children, uh, and then my uncles and aunts, his brothers, his only other brother, and then my 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 four aunts. Um, as they go through this, you know, transition period. Um, one thing I know is once he gets there, he's not going to think about, you know, about all this. Yeah. And uh, uh, he'll be at peace like we wish. Yeah. And, and there's a song, I think it's Casting Crowns that does, and it's the only scars in heaven are on the one that's holding us. And so, you know, the Bible says when you get to heaven, that you, you, you're not going to be in pain anymore. There's not going to be any sickness or death and uh the only person that's got scars in heaven is christ you know who died for us and so uh keep those things in mind people and uh pray and i'm gonna pray us out here real quick and uh father thank you for this time that that chris and i got the fellowship that we got to talk about guns we got to talk about texas we got to talk about you father most importantly we got to talk about you father i ask that you put your loving arms uh, over Tai as he goes from Washington State uh, over to do his ruck march on 9-11. Father, I just pray that, that, he, that you cover him up with travel mercies and, and give him strength uh, for a good showing and, and let him finish that race strong. And Father, I just pray for our country. I, I pray that, that we all become united in you and that you just watch over each and every one of us, Father. I ask that you watch over Chris and his his daughter as they go home tonight. I ask that you pray over our military tonight, especially those that are in harm's way. 
uh, Father, I pray for our leaders. I pray that you just touch them, that you just guide them, that you give them discernment and wisdom and knowledge uh, to, do, to do the right thing, the right thing. And, and the right thing is always to glorify you in everything we do, Father. And so all these things, Father, I ask in your holy and precious name, Christ Jesus. Amen. Amen. All right, folks, that's a wrap. Treat each other the way God intended us to treat one another with love, kindness, and respect. Until next week, God bless. Have a great weekend, folks. God bless, folks. Pray, pray, pray.